Welcome, folks. Hi, so glad to be with you today. This is the perfect day for me to be recording this podcast. It's one of my first ones, but I want to be talking about um, those days of desperation when you're like, I need some help. I need answers to my prayers. What's going on? Why can't I get this figured out? I need help. Maybe that's the prayer. Maybe it's my child needs help. And this is the perfect day because this morning, um, one of my daughters was in a little bit of a car wreck. It's just before Christmas. It's snowing where she's at, and it's one of the first snows. And so she was in, just slipped on the road, and so she's in a little bit of a car accident. She wasn't harmed, except, you know, that's very rattling, of course. And so she wasn't harmed. Um, The car had a little bit of damage. And so her and I just sat and talked for a little while while we waited for the tow truck to come. And, you know, I just thought, what else could happen for this child? (laughs) You know, oh, with all of the prayers and concerns and whatnot that I've had for, of course, all of my children. And and it just is a day where you think, wow, this, this adds more. It adds more to her plate of challenges and situations where she will need to she will need some support love help from those around her so i'm just thinking hey what a great day to really discuss what it's like to be there in those days or even weeks of kind of a desperation of how what what can i do I've been praying for so long. Um, it feels like something's got to give. I was studying the the General Conference Sunday afternoon talk by Elder Alvin F. Meredith III, titled Look Down the Road. And he mentions in there, he talks about the story of the Savior walking on water towards Peter and the boat and all the waves and everything. You guys, this story never gets old to me. I feel like I can never exhaust all of the lessons that could be learned here, all of the insights that could be gained. It just never gets old. And so, while he, even this time, while he was, um, telling the story and I'm imagining perhaps what might have happened. Uh, I do it always with with great interest. I, I love the story. So what's interesting about this time, I went back and studied a little more deeply because I was going to be discussing it with a group of friends. And as I studied it, I noticed some things that I hadn't noticed before, which is, of course, amazing. And of course, I just recognize that that's going to happen so often. So I'm studying and thinking about all that's happened. And I want to read a little bit from Matthew chapter 14 about this um, incident of Jesus coming to, to Peter and the others in the ship on the water. And I want to start with um, Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. 
And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now we learn from the footnotes that the fourth watch means that this was around between three and six o'clock in the morning. So they had been out there all through the night. This was now between three and six in the morning. The fourth watch is, in my mind, it, it brings up these images of like, in the moments of the most desperation. That's what it feels like. Here we are. We have been in this stormy sea for hours now, and we can relate that to, oh, maybe it's been weeks. Maybe it's been months. Maybe it feels like years. I don't know, you know, depending on the situation. But we are now in the fourth watch. We've been here for hours praying, trying to figure out how to how to be safe out on this water and wondering um, how we're going to be saved, if we're going to be saved. Why isn't Jesus here? He could make everything all better. I don't know what they were thinking, but these might be some of my thoughts, maybe some of your thoughts about what's going on in, in all of this turmoil. I've tried all the things, right? That's what it feels like. I've tried everything and I've said all the prayers and we are in the fourth watch. So this is when Jesus comes to them walking on the sea, it says. Now in verse 26, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, many people go on with the story, and there's more discussion about what happens next. But I want to go back to this point about, about Peter getting out of the boat. When we have those times of desperation, why does it feel like it's in the fourth watch that help comes? What is it about that? What is it about um, being in such a desperate, and I've used that word a few times, but it might just be like, I don't have any idea what to do. It may not feel super desperate, but it might feel like you have exhausted your ideas. Now, I have been in that scenario many times. I'm going to tell you about one of the times. One of my daughters had headed down to school to um, Utah, and we needed to find a doctor for her down there, um, maybe someone to help her mental health, um, find a counselor, or wasn't quite sure what to do. She had had care, professional care here at home, and now she was transferring there. And so we were just looking at how to give her the help and support that she needed while she was away from home. And so I was searching for doctors, doing a Google search and looking at all the different ideas. And I, I really um, didn't know where to go. I, I was praying about it and really thinking about it. And, and she kept calling saying, man, I feel like I need to go see someone. I need to go talk to someone and we need to get, you know, medication, make sure that it's um, as it should be and to maybe transfer over to a doctor where she's at that can manage medication and oh not being familiar with the doctors there and not sure who I could get recommendations from 
because I didn't know anybody who was receiving that kind of care in Utah. So anyway, I was doing my Google searches and and praying about it one day. I felt like I I, I felt like I had this answer of a specific name of a doctor. And so I searched that name and I did find a doctor or doctors with that last name, but it actually wasn't the kind of doctor that she would need. And so that was a little bit puzzling and I set it aside for a little bit. But then again, you know, more inquiries about, hey, let's get her uh, her care taken care of and in the right hands in Utah. And anyway, it was just this time of like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I have a name in mind. I feel like I have... Um, you know, the resources to get her the care and she's willing and all of that, but I just don't know what to do. This is the point where I feel like Peter might have been. And it also relates to something else that I was studying. And But I'm going to come back to the story of Peter. But I was studying in recently in 2 Nephi chapter 32. This is verse 4. And Nephi has already talked about how angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. Beautiful scripture, um, familiar to many. So that, you know, verses 1 through 3 are all about that. And I, I just love those scriptures. And then I came to verse 4, and this is what it says. 2 Nephi chapter 32, verse 4. Wherefore, now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, it will be because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. After reading that, I noticed there's a comma and a real separation between asking and knocking, like they're different things. And I had kind of wondered that before a little bit because there are so many scriptures that talk about asking seeking and knocking, right? And so when I read this, and there is a real distinction here, it seemed to me, and I think the Spirit guided that, um, I just guided my thoughts there in having me question that. So asking is different than knocking. How? That's what I wanted to know. What's the difference? What's the difference between asking and knocking? So I did a little Google search on that. Um, I just wanted to know what other people had um, had thought about that, or maybe there's information about the history that I need to know about knocking. Well, this is what I found from my search, is that knocking means persistence. Knocking can mean even blatant begging, and it opens us up to ingenuity, like new ideas. So. Knocking is more than just an ask. And it's more than the search itself. This knocking is a persistent asking for something. This blatant begging. So I come back to the story where Peter is in this boat the storm is all about them. It has been all night long. They're in the fourth watch and they have been, I'm guessing, they have been praying and trying all the things and then they see Jesus walking towards them on the water. What I find interesting is that Peter is now open 
to do whatever it might take for their safety. I don't suppose that he ever considered that getting out of the boat was an option. But he saw Jesus doing it. He saw Jesus walking on water, and all of a sudden, that became perhaps a possibility, even though it might have seemed like us, if if we were Peter, maybe I would have not even seen that as a possibility for me to get out on the boat and walk on water, but Peter was there. Peter was there mentally. He was prepared. He was ready to do whatever. He saw the Savior walking on water, and maybe he could too. This story is fascinating because I think it demonstrates what knocking is. I think it demonstrates where we can get to a place where like, I'm ready to try just about anything. In fact, not just try anything, but I'm going to have my mind open in a creative mode so that I can receive direction that I may not be able to think of through my own understanding even maybe my own intuition. This might come to me in a way that is beyond that. And I, and I know that the spirit works this way on so many occasions. So with my daughter and looking for a doctor for her, I felt like I had been knocking and knocking and doing my research and we had found really great care for her here where we lived. And we were wanting to have something really similar there in Utah. We thought it would look similar. But this is what happened. I was searching for life coaches. I thought maybe that might be an idea since I am one and I'm certified as one. I know how amazing their work can be. I have been transformed through life coaching myself. Um... And then I, so I knew that this was, you know, a possibility, maybe to help support the other things we were doing for the daughter, but let's try it, I thought. Let's try some life coaching. I had gotten another daughter life coaching before, and it really was something that was impactful. Let me just see if there's someone in that directory reading their bios, if I can find someone that I would, that speaks to my problem or to the concerns of my child and that could help me out. So I read through several. I actually sent a couple of names to my daughter. I said, hey, think about, pray about this person or this person. And then did a little more looking. And then I came across this last name, this last name that I had um, been inspired to research, but I had always looked for that last name in either a medical doctor or in a licensed counselor. And I hadn't found that last name that was appropriate anyway, a, an appropriate doctor for for her, but I found it on this life coach directory. And looked at that, in fact, the bio of this particular life coach, she wasn't um, coaching on mental health issues. She wasn't coaching on young adulthood or anything like that. It was actually, she was coaching on money. And I felt like, well, why not? This daughter really stresses about money. And so let's, let's do that. What, 
I know, I know from my own training that coaching on anything will actually help everything in the sense that you start learning how to manage your mind and how to solve your problems using the model that we use. So I found the right person, the right fit for my daughter. And it wasn't in a place or on a particular subject that I thought it would be. I became very open to a creative way of handling this. Maybe like Peter. Maybe Peter's answer wasn't at all on which sails to put up and how much water to bail out and how much weight is on the ship or anything like that. Maybe Peter's answer was to get out of the boat. This this point of desperation, it's an important part of our uh, receiving help. It's an important part for us to be at. I don't know why it's the fourth watch. But I know that that actually creates a situation that is really, really helpful. Now, if you are there, if you are there in those, what feels like the fourth watch, or those times of desperation where it feels like you have prayed and prayed for an answer, or you've tried all the things, this might be your time. And so I encourage you to keep going. I encourage you to keep knocking. This turned out to be an incredible thing for my daughter. It actually resolved many of her mental health challenges by learning how to manage her money and being coached on all the things that created scenarios where she was stressed by money and the amount that she had or didn't have and how she was spending it. Oh my goodness, this coaching was phenomenal for her and it impacted her in such a way that it changed her trajectory. And I no longer searched for a therapist for her. And she continued with life coaching for as long as that felt right for her. And I let her direct that. So it just seems so perfect that I would start my first podcasts on a day when there's a car accident. That is real-time application of um, scripture and and how we just roll forward in this great work of strengthening our homes.